Welcome to episode eight of the Bench Mob Scrubs podcast. Guys, today's a great day. So I want to start off with a little joke for you guys that I heard today had me rolling for like 10 minutes. All right. So did you guys hear about that cow that got stuck in the tornado? Heard it was no. a utter. No, you're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> you asked a question. You no, asked no, it's to the audience. Uh, I am the audience. Okay. All right. You have a mic. How are you the audience, Daniel? <laughs> okay. Um, all, right, all right. Come on, guys. Try it again. We got one this. more time. Got you got this. this. You got this. Freaking hey. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to episode eight of the Bench Mob Scrubs podcast. Today is a phenomenal day, guys. I heard a great joke, so I want to share it with you guys. So, um, did you guys hear about that cow that got stuck in a tornado? Heard it was a utter disaster. <laughs> Hello? Is Dude, it, can you just make sure you hit record this time? I did. I did. It's don't worry. It's, all, it's, it's recording. I promise. I promise. So, uh, quick thing, uh, listeners, we're always glad to hear Wait. you guys. Sorry. No, no, no. Why? We, have to, we have to do that again. Why do we have to do again? Because you wanted like a five second pause. Yeah, it really gave me like oh, zero yeah. seconds. No, no, trust me, because I know what's gonna happen. We're gonna go back. <laughs> we're gonna go, oh, shoot, it didn't turn out right, and then he's gonna record on his own. <laughs> I feel like In we my... have enough material for the joke. You no, just, have enough material for yeah. the joke. Come on, okay, just give him no, a no, five no, second. No, it's fine. Time. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll just, I'll just cut this off. We can do it. Um, we'll start off with the AFC going to the NFC and then we'll give you our predictions and thoughts about everything that happened in, in those games. And then also a couple controversial plays uh, in the Chiefs and Browns games that happened. And then we'll see how it goes. And we're really excited to break it down for you guys. And once again, we're always, always excited and happy and super, super, um, what's the word, grateful for you guys for always listening to us and give us some, giving us your support. And so Danielle for listening to us like four times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and get for Danielle for ruining my joke multiple bro. times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here to increase um, our numbers, okay? But, but shout out, <laughs> shout out to Ibrahim Chaudhry for joining us today, even though he was having a nap. Is it having a nap or taking a nap? Taking. A nap. I had COVID, jerk. I, no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Shout out! I'm giving you a shout out. That I'm saying, wow, like you had that and you're still with us, and we're really Please glad. Start and with COVID, not the okay. nap. <laughs> I'm leading into it. It's, it's more impressive to obey that. Don, I mean, Ibrahim woke up from a nap to join us on this podcast, and him recovering from COVID. It's it's a process. Trust the process. Trust that I will lead obeyed, into I've it. I've been Trust trusting obeyed. your process. Thanks, thanks. You trust me, Daniel. Look, it's gotten you. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of where it's gotten me, let's start off with the first game. I don't think that, that's a terrible segue, but we're just going to go into it. We got the Bills and Ravens. Uh, kind of a defensive battle. Not, not much of us expected that going into it, but uh, very impressed with Buffalo and how they kind of uh, came out and played and shut down the Ravens to just three points. A high-powered number one rushing attack for the past two years and they were able to hold him to just three points and the defense balled out played well josh allen didn't have his best game but he was efficient he didn't turn the ball over they didn't really particularly run the ball but he did just enough to win and at the end of the day 
a win is a win in the playoffs and they're moving on to the next round. So I want to, I want to hear you guys' thoughts. I'll start off with Yusuf. What did you think about that game, bud? Yeah, man. I think you hit it on the head. They did just enough, right? Josh Allen, especially. Um, this guy is a guy I've been impressed with um, since he's entered the league, to be honest. <laughs> Why are you laughing? He just oh, slapped his own joke. No, yeah. because Ibrahim was laughing. That's why. Obey just got the utter joke. Yeah, he's got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because the milk. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay. okay. This episode's right. going to be like more unnecessary stuff than actual football stuff. All right. Uh, no, seriously. But going back to the Ravens and the Bills, you know. Um, what Josh, Josh Allen was able to do um, this past week uh, was very impressive. He did just enough, like Ubaid was saying. Uh, didn't make any mistakes. Made the plays when they needed him the most and ultimately connected with Stefan Diggs, right? That's his number one target. That's his number one receiver and their biggest weapon, honestly, on the offensive side. They don't really have a rush game. Um, you know, it was pretty evident against the Ravens as well. You know, the Ravens uh, held them to a couple yards only. I don't even think they got over 30 yards, honestly. And uh, they got it done um, throwing the ball, which is kind of what I was talking about in the previous podcast. That's what they were going to need to do uh, to beat this Ravens team. Um, on the other side of it, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, you know, he's a stud. Nobody denies it. He's got wheels. He can run. Um, but the one area where I think he needs to get a little bit better is the pocket pack passing. Um, if you look at the game against the Bills, he only had 34 yards rushing on nine carries, uh, which is a stark difference from what he was able to do against the Tennessee Titans, where he just literally ran over them, right? He had like 136 yards. Um, so what the Bills did was they forced, forced him to th- beat them, uh, beat him throwing the ball. Uh, he wasn't able to really do that. Unfortunately, he got injured late in the game. Hopefully he's doing a lot better. Um, but that's where the next evolution is for Lamar Jackson, right? If you look at guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, who are able to do it on the ground running as well as throw it from the pocket, that's where Lamar Jackson, if he's able to do that, if he's able to evolve into that type of passer, uh, man, the Ravens are going to be deadly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was a good game, right? Bills versus the Ravens. Um, you know, you have, uh, in my opinion, you know, two really, really good offenses. Uh, and it turned out to be the score of, you know, 17 to three uh, with the Bills winning it. Um, if you had mentioned that, you know, at the beginning of the week, uh, no would have, you know, no one could have predicted that because these offenses, both of them are very dynamic. Uh, and they're also built very differently. The Bills rely fully on, you know, throwing and they don't really run the ball. The Ravens, on the other hand, uh, rely solely on, you know, mostly running the ball with, you know, the three-headed monster, Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, and then the rookie, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar um, Jackson himself, who's a highlight reel. Um, so, you know, 17-3 to is a very, very low-scoring game, uh, especially with these two offenses. So I was very surprised, uh, and props to both defenses, the Bills as well as the Ravens, um, who I did not expect to, you know, hold Lamar Jackson to, you know, um, you know, under 50 yards running and, uh, you know, not allowing a touchdown either. So uh, going into the halftime, you know, it was a very, very close game, right? Three to three. Um, and then the game changing um, possession, I believe, was when um, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were at the nine yard line of the Buffalo Bills and Lamar Jackson throws that interception, 
which uh, Teron Johnson returns it for 101 yards and takes it to the house. Uh, and that kind of changed the game, in my opinion, because if they score there, it's a tie game, 10 to 10. And with that interception, you know, Bills go up 17 to three, The uh, you know, and after that, you know, Lamar gets injured. And then you have this random guy that no one's ever heard of, Huntley, uh, you know, that comes in and struggles. I think that was one of the things I was surprised with. You know, the Ravens are a really good organized uh, organization, in my opinion. But the one thing that they suffered was not having a quality backup. Um, and especially you would think, you know, with Lamar Jackson and the amount of time he runs and, you know, how prone he is to injury. Because the more you run, the more prone you are to getting tackled and something going wrong. Um, as we saw in the, you know, the Browns versus the Chiefs game, you know, any quarterback can get hurt and, you know, kind of be out for the game. And that's what happened with Lamar and not having a solid backup definitely hurt them in this game. Um, so, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, I was disappointed by the Bills offense. I mean, I agree win is a win and I agree that, you know, they did enough, but scoring 10 points, you know, if you take out the touchdown by the defensive team, uh, by the defense on the Buffalo Bills, they only scored 10 points, which in my opinion, you know, is not going to get you to win the AFC championship or win the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I don't understand that statement because it, they got a win with 10 points. Uh, <laughs> I said it's a win. I'm not saying it's not a win. I'm saying if you play that way and you only score 10 points, you're not going to win again. That's my thought process. Except for the game they won. Got it. but yeah let let me kind of wrap up with my thoughts here I I think you know I feel like I gotta drop some knowledge here right we haven't had a playoff game up in Buffalo in more than two decades Um, I think the last game was in 1997 and people forget how bad the weather is in Buffalo at this time the last game was last week in Buffalo by the way it was 1993. <laughs> but we, we forget how bad the weather is up in, in Buffalo. And the, a big thing here was if you actually break down the stats and, and look at the quarters, um, when um, Jackson, Lamar Jackson has the win to his back in the second quarter, he completes seven out of nine passes. He gets about 117 yards passing. The other two quarters that he played, the first and the third quarter, um, Basically, he got him about 40 yards, and he only completed five, five or six passes, right? It's, and he was sacked three times. And so, you know, we, we overlooked the fact of the, the weather planned in this game. Um, but also, the, the Ravens forgot who they were. They forgot they were a running team. How did they pass the ball 37 times in this game and only run it 32 times? Um, it, to me, it, it was definitely shocking. It wasn't a blowout game where they had to put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands and make him throw for a win for most of the game. It, it was, a, it was a one score, t- uh, one score game. And so they had a lot of opportunities. Um, they, they should have focused more on the run. They had no running back or runner go for more than 30, uh, 42 yards. Um, they just, they forgot who they were and the bills did the complete opposite. They, they, they played within themselves. They forced, Lamar Jackson to beat them with his arm uh, and he couldn't do that um, and when we talk about that interception he stared down his receiver he did not look anywhere else he didn't look at any other options and that pick you know the, the Bills got lucky right normally when you get a pick in the middle of the field um, you're not returning it for a touchdown 
but they got lucky because all the receivers was be, were, were behind the quarterback when he caught the ball and he had a full steam of uh, steam ahead and it was just open, open space. It was just green. And so they definitely got lucky in terms of timing, but you know, and, and spacing on that play, but you know, props to him for taking it to the house, but you know, I'm, I'm really surprised, but the Buffalo bills are, are going to the championship round. They're going to, they're one, one game away from the Super Bowl, And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy for the bills fans because they're just, they just seem like great people. You know, I'm not sure if you guys are all aware, but Yusuf was telling me earlier that when Lamar Jackson went down with an injury at the end of the third, they all started making donations to his, to his nonprofit. Uh, so big shout out to the Buffalo bills fans for doing that. And the nonprofit guys, shout out to them. Blessings in a in a backpack provides food for kids on weekends who are in elementary school who otherwise wouldn't have food. So so please go out, donate to them. Shout out to Lamar Jackson for a great, great charity. And also big ups to the Bills Mafia for proving to be one of the best fan bases in all of sports for donating to to their opponents to, uh, to their opponent's quarterback, which is fa- fantastic. Um, you love to the, see it, man. Absolutely. And sp- uh, speaking of that, let's move on to the other game where you had the Chiefs uh, and you had the Browns and you had an almost an upset, in my opinion. But, you know, um, what a game and another kind of a defensive game, you would say, with with two kind of high powered offenses with mid mid range defenses and the unfortunate injury to uh, Patrick Mahomes. We had the Cleveland Browns almost pulling off the upset. But if it wasn't for the her- heroics of Chad Henney, Shout out University of Michigan um, and also big ups Henny Mania and that Chiefs defense stepping up um, to help the Chiefs move on. And they are champs for a reason. Champs find a way to win. And that's what they did. And they're in the championship game against the Bills, which is going to be proved to be a super exciting and exhilarating way to represent the AFC. So what are you guys thoughts about that game? In particular, Patrick Mahomes injury and also the helmet to helmet hit that led to that. Go ahead. Yeah, I kind of want to start with um, that helmet to helmet for a couple of reasons. It's frustrating um, seeing it from a fan standpoint, seeing it from like a medical standpoint as well. Um, If you guys go and get a chance to look back at that clip, take a look. You'll see it's not until the helmet hits the helmet when he loses the ball, right? That was clear helmet to helmet. And I think what's the biggest frustrating thing for me uh, is that as they were reviewing the fumble, they couldn't review the helmet to helmet call. And I really think the NFL needs to do away with this particular thing is not reviewable, right? Especially when you're preaching safety and player safety, like how a referee can go back and see that footage over and over and over again and see the blatant helmet to helmet, but be like, Hey, we didn't call it as it actually occurred. And therefore we're just going to ignore it. Especially when that play was as big of a momentum shifter as it was, you know, that could easily have been seven points for the Browns. And, you know, the chiefs ended up winning by five points. Who knows? I mean, you know, we can always play the shoulda, woulda, coulda game, but could the Browns have squeaked in a victory? And could we have been talking about a Cleveland Buffalo AFC championship? It's possible. And man, I just feel bad uh, for the Cleveland fan base, you know, because it would be the Browns uh, to deal with this misfortune. I think it's unfortunate. It's not good for the game. It's not a good look 
for the refs and the NFL in general. And it's something that, you know, in the off season, I think they really, really, really need to consider uh, correcting. Can I piggyback on that real quick um, for the, for those of you that haven't seen the play, the reason why this was such a big impact play was um, basically whenever you're trying to extend for the goal line, so you're about to score, you're putting your arm out there and you fumble the ball into the end zone. Um, basically the rule is the other team gets the ball and they start at their 20 and they're going the other way. Um, and so to me, it was such a big play because first off there was a clear helmet to helmet. Um, and so it was a missed call. But on top of that, the entire momentum that they were building completely was flipped on them. The other team got the ball and they were marching down the field. Um, so I, I definitely want to call that out. And then um, a big thing on top of that, um, we, we kind of underestimate the, the impact of different plays like that on a game, especially when you take into account that Patrick Mahomes was knocked out the game, right? When it feels like a lot of things are going into your favor. Um, a, a play like that can really catapult a team uh, and help them take over and, and kind of get over the hump and, and get to that next level. Um, and the, the Browns just lost that opportunity. And it, it, it's pretty rough that that happened. Yeah, it's it, and it's sad, right? I mean, the NFL preaches, you know, safety and they preach, you know, taking care of their players. But then, you know, when it comes to this, uh, you know, it's kind of hypocritical, uh, you know, what they allowed, um, you know, to continue as well as, um, you know, for the Browns to be kind of decimated by that no call. Um, and I think Obeyed mentioned this in the podcast that we did not record where Cowell, uh, the, the Steelers coach, uh, in the previous, uh, in the, what's it called, in the, in the halftime, he was talking about, you know, it's a very unfair penalty, uh, you know, for the ball going out of bounds that the other team gets it. It should be that the, uh, that the um, offensive team get the ball at the 20-yard line and be penalized that way. Uh, and he mentioned, you know, the biggest penalties are usually 15-yard penalties. So 20-yard penalty would by far be the biggest anyway. But changing you know, possession and having the other team when that player was a yard from being, you know, scoring a touchdown and getting the helmet to helmet, the hypocrisy, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. And I feel like this happens in other sports as well, right? You got the NBA um, where the refs, you know, call fouls and then they kind of go and the ball goes, or don't call fouls and the ball is, you know, um, when goes out on a different player and they kind of go back and kind of check on that. Uh uh, but basically, you know, like the refs go back and they see that, oh, uh, you know, this player was the one that touched the ball last, but they don't really count the uh, the foul that occurs, which is kind of clear. And same thing in this case, there was a clear head-to-head penalty. Um, but regardless, you know, let me, I want to talk about the game. Um, you know, it was unfortunate, uh, but overall, you know, when I watch, when I'm watching the, you know, the Chiefs play, I feel like I'm watching someone play Madden on offense they are so fun to watch and they make it look so easy. Right. Um, and I think that's something that intrigues me right, with Mahomes and all the talent, but they just make it look easy. And I'm like, why can't other teams do that? Like, why can't the bears get that wide open? Right. I mean, it comes back to the bears for everything. Uh, but that's just what it is. Um, you know, I, I, before Mahomes got hurt, I was like, man, we're watching a dynasty, uh, you know, being formed because, you know, with Mahomes and the talent that they have, 
I feel like this team's going to hopefully, you know, Mahomes comes back and I know Yusuf's going to be talking more about that, but um, I hope he comes back because I feel like, you know, man, he has a lot to offer and this team is going to, you know, be competing for um, NFL championships for years to come. Um, And that's the thing, you know, like when you're looking at their offense, how do you beat this team? If you have a healthy Mahomes, they're going to score on every single possession. Uh, and that's just what it is. Um, the one last thing I want to talk about is Andy Reid. I know Yusuf's a big fan of him. Uh, and I know he's one of the top coaches. And I'm so glad that he won a championship last year. But man, with a backup quarterback, fourth and one, and you do that gutsy call on throwing it to Tyree Kill, how many coaches would do that? And how many coaches would convert? Right, there's two things. I bet Nagy goes for it too, but does some stupid trick play <laughs> that screws it up. Uh, but man, with the what's it called, Reed gutsy call with a backup quarterback, and you go for it and you win the game. Uh, and that's you know that's what you know had me you know going crazy because I was shocked that they went for it. But man, they made it. You know, they succeeded and they won the game, and that's what matters. You know, I, I, you know, we're all we're all rooting for Patrick Mahomes to get better so he can win so he can win more championships, um, and and hopefully he does good. But you know, uh, just kind of breaking down a little bit of what happened during that play for when he got injured, uh, we got our resident uh, resident doctor, Doctor Yusuf Said, uh, kind of break down to us what you saw and and how do you think he's going to hold up if he even is allowed to play um, in the in the next game? So, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, man. Uh, that was definitely scary to see. Um, prayers out to him. I hope he recovers. You know, uh, seeing it as a fan, it's really scary. Um, and then even, you know, being in the medical profession and, you know, I work in the clinic. So we, we deal with, um, you know, young athletes and high schoolers that come in with concussions. And, you know, the next step after that, and the first question they always ask is, Doc, when can I go back in? Right. And so there's a fine line in uh, patient safety, uh, I mean that's the that's the priority. And then obviously, you know, coaches, players, uh, teammates wanting their star out there as soon as possible. When I saw that play, I wasn't sure. You know, was it a concussion? Was it you know something else? Was it a spinal thing? Because his head never really hit the ground, right? And I've seen this clip multiple times now. And it makes me think, you know, ultimately, I think what we're dealing with here is a concussion slash possibly a brainstem injury, honestly. And, you know, you ultimately hope for the best for Patrick Mahomes. Um, but the the concerning signs right after he got hit and he got twisted in a really weird way. And there's some docs that are saying that he might have gotten hit in the back of the head. Um, but the stuff that's alarming is what we call a fencing response and you know for anybody listening you guys can look this up but basically it's when there's a traumatic injury to the brain your your body goes in a into a primitive state where it'll flex your arms or it'll extend your arms and if you look at the clip that's kind of what Patrick Mahomes did with his left arm he balled up his left hand into a fist and it flexed and then he extended his leg for a little bit right that was number one that was the most concerning part number two was Everyone saw it when he tried to get get up. He wobbled. He he didn't have you know his bearings down. He didn't have balance, and that's kind of what your brainstem does, right? So that leads me to believe that there was some type of impact to his brainstem. I mean, the the really reassuring thing is he jogged back to the locker room, 
and uh, you know the doctors say he's doing a lot better. And so you know he he's passing slowly the protocols and everything like that. Um, the NFL has very strict protocols as far as their concussions go and when a player can come back. And I think this honestly is going to be a big testament to see if the NFL is you know money driven or health driven, right? And that's not to say, you know, if you see Patrick Mahomes out on Sunday, I'm not trying to say he wasn't medically cleared to be out there because, you know, there's a very real possibility that he will be out there on Sunday. And if he is medically clear for that, then I'm all for it, right? But if he's not medically cleared, I do not want to see Patrick Mahomes out there just for his well-being, right? Because we get caught up in the moment, but 20, 30 years down the line, the fans won't be there. It'll be him dealing with it. Um, so what the NFL has is similar to kind of what we do in clinic as well is the five-step protocol, um, to assure proper safety back for a player to go back, um, to play in a game. And, you know, step one is just basically based on their symptoms. Um, and they'll be engaging in like light stretches, uh, balance training, and then they'll kind of go back to light aerobic exercise. And if they're able to tolerate that, then they do what we call like graduating to step two. And step two basically is cardiovascular exercise, dynamic stretching. Um, And then what they do is they do a neurological and balance test. And it's interesting to point out that before the start of the season, every player does a baseline test. Okay. And so what, what that baseline test is, is in a situation where they were to have a concussion, you have something to compare it to, right? So I think that's a great thing that the NFL has incorporated into their protocol. So that's kind of what they do. Now, if they're back at their baseline from what they were at the start of their season, then they can go on to step three. And step three is basically a limited amount of football specific exercise. You know, that could be just your throwing, you know, taking snaps, uh, stuff like that. And they limit to limit it to about 30 minutes. Um, and this is obviously under the supervision of an athletic trainer. If he's able to tolerate that, then he's going to go to a step four and that's more football activities. Um, but it's still non-contact drills. Um, so more throwing, more running. Um, and again, he goes through a neurological balance test to compare him to his baseline. And if he's able to do that, then he goes to step five. And step five is something that the NFL is doing. You know, you have your team doctors, um, you have your team trainers, but what they do is they have an independent examiner, an independent neurologist that has no dog in the fight, right? Who is not pledged allegiance to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's not pledged allegiance to like the Buffalo Bills or anything like that. And if he deems that Patrick Mahomes is medically clear to practice full and play with his team, then you'll see him on Sunday. But until that's not done, you won't see Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, you know, the, the, the goal is, uh, and hopefully everyone was able to follow along and kind of understand kind of where the protocol is. Uh, a lot goes into concussion protocols. I mean, I can do a huge, a, an entire podcast episode on it. Um, you know, things like, did this player have a previous concussion? You know, that factors into how long it'll take for him to recover. Um, so along, you know, with we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. He's only had one concussion in the past, which is good. Uh, you know, obviously you want no concussions, but it's good that he's only had one. And at that time, it took him, uh, he was back for the next game that Texas Tech had. Uh, but 
in that situation, he had uh, a buy, right? And so it was just the way his schedule was made that he was able to come to the next game. On average, because every player is different and every situation is different and every injury is different, on average, NFL quarterbacks are able to come back in seven days. That's kind of what the NFL has uh, based on their data and everything like that. So is there a chance that Patrick Mahomes comes back on Sunday? Yes. Is it probable? I don't know. Um, but certainly if he's medically cleared, that's the only time I want to see Patrick Mahomes, man. Um, I really hope he recovers. Um, and if he's able to be there, that'll be uh, definitely good for the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, football and football fans in general. Yusuf, what well, chance do you give him to play? Man, it's hard. It, it, it's really hard to say. As a you doctor, know, if, what percent would you say he has playing this week? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I could throw a percentage out there, but until I'm the one out there evaluating him and seeing the progression he's making, uh, it, it could be anything between zero to 100%. But, you know, I, I've been keeping up with um, the articles and, like, what sources have been saying. I think by Friday or, like, the weekend, at least uh, we'll have – an idea of whether or not he plays. Um, but to put a percentage on it, really, really hard for me to do at this point, you know? Well, we appreciate that insight and that was awesome detail. And uh, definitely knowing the different perspective in terms of seeing the medical aspect of how injuries, especially head injuries are um, seen on a daily basis and how they can be, how they can be impactful, not only to someone's daily life, but also sports in relation to Patrick Mahomes. And so we obviously wish the best for Pat and we hope he's there for the game. And we're all really excited to see Buffalo and Kansas city. And I can tell you Bill's mafia wants to see Patrick Mahomes out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and so speaking of that, let's, we'll, we'll make our way out to the um, NFC side of the side of the ball and talk about a few games there. We had uh, really, really good, um, you know, um, games and on that end, uh, let's start off with the Packers and Rams. And I think as we all expected, we, we, we did, we, we thought that the Packers would win the, um, win that game and they kind of won pretty handily. Uh, we didn't really expect much and, and Aaron Rodgers, the bad man, he is balled out. Uh, and Jared Goff, the most overrated and overpaid quarterback in NFL, <laughs> in my opinion. So, <laughs> I don't argue with that. What about Wentz, bro? Wentz no, and he's Goff is more Wentz, overrated. Wentz and go. Wentz and go. I'll, honestly, <laughs> give me give me Carson Wentz over Jared Goff. If Carson Wentz had Sean McVay as a coach, I think he would do yeah. phenomenal. Just my opinion. With those weapons on his team, name one receiver, two receivers on the Eagles that played this year. That's what I thought. Yeah. We have really he has great weapons. But dude, but dude, Jared Goff did not have Cooper Cup. Okay. So, but they still have Robert sure. Woods and I'm joking. Sure. I'm joking. Yeah, no, I understand. But yeah. you know, they, they had a good running game. Uh, yeah. But- I mean, dude, it's Aaron Rodgers, man. I, I don't think anybody, at least us four, I don't think any of us had the Rams uh, beating the Packers. Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things out there. He looks, I mean, honestly, from my unbiased standpoint, he looks the most comfortable in the pocket I have seen uh, probably in his career. I, I would make Absolutely. that. I would make Absolutely. that uh, case. I mean, he is. You think like it seems like the game is coming so easy for him, and he's picking apart these defenses like they're 
easy work, like they're candy, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Rams defense is a top three defense in the NFL and he made them look like a yeah. flag football team. That's what he did. I mean, he was just tossing passes and that one yard touchdown run. Oh my God, that fake. And then Leonard Floyd oh, just yeah, jumped in yeah, the yeah, air yeah, and he yeah. just walked into the end zone. That was such yeah. a phenomenal Aaron Rodgers esque play. And then obviously, you know, I know we don't know who the MVP is, but let's just be honest. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I know it's Derek Henry for you, Yusuf, but um, I know Aaron, King, Aaron King Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP and he proved it again. Uh, and, and as we were discussing earlier with the Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen connection, man, but that's, you, I don't know. That's hard. You can't really beat Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. That's, no. that's a heck of a connection. Eight, touchdowns on the year that's fantastic uh and just aaron Rodgers is balling out uh what do you what were your thoughts on that game danielle yeah i mean you know all of us thought that it would be a kind of a blowout uh we kind of expected that uh this was probably one of the games that we all definitely agreed on um you know one thing was you know the rams you know their best defensive player aaron donald was playing hobbled as you guys probably saw um probably the not probably he is the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, and, you know, he works hard and you can see the emotion at the end of the game with him, you know, crying, uh, knowing that, you know, they won't be moving on. Uh, but the one thing that surprised me in this game was Goff. You know, we bag on him and, you know, uh, but he played well, actually. If you look at the stats, you know, and you watched him play with a broken thumb, he was playing as good as you can play. Um, you know, for a Rams team, uh, like Yusuf mentioned, he was missing Cooper Cup, uh, probably their best receiver, but nonetheless, he was playing pretty well, you know. And even Cam Akers, their uh rookie running back, um, he was playing really well as well. He was kind of killing the Packers on the ground. Uh, halftime, the score was 16 10. Um, and then I remember they were the Rams were you know kind of charging down, and you know, the Packers were trying to build a big lead. And then there was a Lazar dropped a wide open touchdown. I don't know if you guys remember, but could have would have opened the game wide open, but the Rams couldn't capitalize. Um, overall, you know, props to the Rams. Uh, you know, thinking about it, you know, no Gurley uh, and Goff as their main quarterback. No one would no one would have thought you know the Rams would have gone this far. Uh, the defense they've played has been amazing. They've they've been a top five defensive team. Jalen Ramsey's a you know, a beast. Uh, so overall, really great, you know. And the one thing is Rams are a, you know, pretty good team against the playoffs team. They were 5-1 and one against the NFC playoffs team. So overall, you know, they beat, pre they beat pretty good teams in the regular season. So it's not like they were just someone that snuck in. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, can't say enough about the guy. Um, it was an easy win for them. All right, Ibrahim. So what are your thoughts about that um, Rams-Packers divisional game? Uh, did you, did, was the outcome what you expected? I mean, I, I wasn't surprised. Um, the, the Packers just, you know, they feel like they're on a team, they're, they're on a mission. And it starts with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, after they, they drafted a quarterback last, last, last off season, you know, he's, he's really come back dialed in and focused. And, you know, as a Bears fan, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Cause every time I feel like he's old and he's, you know, on the decline, he does something like this and, you know, in that game, you're talking about he, he almost threw for 300 yards. He had two touchdowns and zero sacks, right? So he was getting everything that he wanted. The defense wasn't really putting pressure on him. And, 
you know, they, they were, they were killing the, the Rams going into the third quarter. Uh, the Rams had a, you know, did, didn't manage to, to get a touchdown that quarter, but you know, they, they blew them out in my eyes, right? It, it, the score, I think, doesn't really show the, the disparity between the two teams. Um, you know, the, the Packers were getting after golf, right? He had four sacks. Um, you know, he, he didn't even crack 200 yards. They had no rushing game whatsoever, right? Um, like, they had, you know, 19 rushes. Sure, they got almost 100 yards. But compared to the Green Bay Packers, the Packers basically doubled them in terms of rushing. And so, you know, to me, across the board, you know, I, I don't feel like there's much else to say. The, the Packers just dominated the Rams. Um, you know, I, and I'm disappointed with the Rams because I feel like, you know, every year they give you a reason to think that, hey, this might be, this might be their year, right? This might be their chance. And, and they have talent, right? They, they have great talent. Um, and the, the big thing there is, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, he, I just feel bad for him, right? He, he, he puts in so much work. He put, he is so talented. Um, but the, the rest of the team just doesn't deliver when they need to deliver. Um, and I, I think, you know, in the NFL, all the credit and all the blame should go to the quarterback and, you know, Jared Goff, he didn't have any turnovers, um, but he just didn't get it done. Right. Sure. He was 21 of 27 in terms of passing, which is a great percentage, but not a ton of yards. He was, you know, he was taking what the de defense gave him, but the defense wasn't giving him a lot. And so, you know, I, it is what I expected. And, you know, if anything, um, it's better than what I expected for the Rams, because to be honest, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Packers put up 40 on them. Yeah. I have a quick, I, mean, I wanted to talk about it really quick. Um, just a quick comparison, right? I mean, the Packers and the Bears, right? I mean, Bears fan. So I want to talk about those two things, right? So, it's interesting how the two different quarterbacks, you know, you have Rodgers, you have Trubisky. The Bears brought in Nick Foles to compete, and Trubisky didn't live up to the potential and kind of let that starting position down. The Packers brought in a rookie quarterback, and it led Aaron Rodgers to have the best uh, season in his career. It kind of speaks volumes. Do you guys think he was motivated with the oh, rookie coming in? Of course, man. They, they brought in a young guy. And to be honest, I feel like this is what they did with Brett Favre, right? Yeah. Favre it's was getting organization. comfortable. They brought in Aaron Rodgers. And then Favre was dialed in for the next couple of years because he's like, this kid is not going to take my job. And so why can't the Bears understand this concept? Dude, I, I just am waiting to talk to you about George McCaskey on Chicago Sports Radio, dude. Like this franchise is in the gutter i don't see the light at the end of the tunnel uh ted phillips needs to go they uh, there's no accountability right and that's the biggest thing i try to preach right admit that you're wrong admit that you're you made a mistake and then move forward because until you don't accept that fact you you'll just continue on making mistakes so like for example dude like ryan pace how long did he like not even admit to the fact that that was the wrong move with Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? You know what I mean? And so there's a level of acceptance. Name one, name yeah. one GM that's said that they're wrong about a pick. Theo Epstein. I mean, he Ooh, wasn't a GM, NF but... NFL. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like the best, 
you know what and I mean? Like acknowledge you know, what but, the but, talent but, but, is on you know, the team. And of course, I mean they're not. You know, let let. I guess uh, this is not much of a comparison, but the worst run organization is the Houston Texans. Houston sports is in the gutter. Yeah. All right. So Chicago is looking way better right now than Houston is. Can we so please take a moment of silence for all the Houston fans out there? I know. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Shout out to my little cousin who's there. I'm with you, man. Hey. Yo, did he get, get the tickets? Yo, I'm the Chicago yo, with yeah. Watson with Get you. me the, the Houston Rocket tickets. <laughs> Bro, he, he just – we got him a Deshaun Watson jersey because I thought James Harden was going to be on the Rockets. He's going to be burning that in two weeks. <laughs> now Deshaun Watson probably won't no, be on the Rockets. No, no. no see, they're, they're, that's a very different situation. Deshaun Watson is in stand-up character. No, Everybody no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. thought Deshaun Watson was going to, like, be on the Texans. Stick around. I didn't know, like, this turmoil thing was going to happen, you know? There's definitely not a conspiracy. Total off topic, but I think Deshaun Watson's as much. I think he needs to leave. I think that's oh, best yeah, for him. For sure. Uh, I think two destinations for him. Two, uh, three. The number one contender, the New York Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, Miami Dolphins. Dark Horse, Carolina Panthers. Oh, my God. Can I say one so, thing about that that no one's talking about? And then What's I want to say something too. Dude, I. I I don't know if this is possible. I haven't looked no, at anything in Chicago. terms of not Chicago. They're not. He's not coming. New back. England. Okay. I right, have never true. heard anyone mention New England. If Bill Belichick finds a way to get Deshaun Watson, dude, they have enough draft capital. They have they have enough salary cap? So, Obaid, you know, you've asked us a lot of questions. I have a question for you, man, because you know you're good at like analyzing players and like situations and franchises and stuff. And I think that was a really good point. You brought out like the number one possible destination being the New York jets. Now, if you're the jets, do you, cause you know, I don't watch college football much. Right. But I hear like Trevor Lawrence is this like stud of a player. You don't want to miss out on mm-hmm. him. Yeah. If you're the you New don't. York jets. Do you trade away your number one draft pick to get? They don't have the number one, or they don't. The Jets number two. They got the number three, right? Number three or number two? Two. two. Number two. Okay. Do you trade that for Deshaun Watson if you're the New York Jets and you're Robert Sala? Sala. Yep, hundred percent. That's not even consideration. You're getting a proven franchise quarterback asset who's twenty five years old. He has at least with how quarterbacks now are preserving their bodies and Mm -hmm. and you know on course with Tom Brady and you make you know, them sound Brees. like mummies, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Preserving their bodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but taking care of themselves and just, and you know, just knowing how to play the game right now and just the longevity of a lot of these NFL players, you getting a proven asset and yeah. a top, top seven quarterback, you could say, you can't really argue top seven, maybe top three. Eh, he might not be in there, but top seven for sure. You're going to top seven proven commodity. Absolutely. You do trade, you do whatever it can. You do whatever you have to do. You trade your first, second, first, second, Sam Darnold, the, uh, you know, Snickers bar, whatever you want to do. You trade that, you trade that guy. But knowing, you, knowing the Houston Texans organization, they, they probably would trade him for a bag of Lay's. That's what they would do. That's how terribly mismanaged they are. So uh, and, and Cal McNair, Steve Esterby, Easterby, excuse me. And now Nick Westerby. Ke- Westerby, excuse nice. me. Easter, Good one. Northern, Northern. <laughs> wow, you caught me off guard. I'm, I'm very impressed. And now Nick Casario. Basically, they're they're trying to be New England light, but they're literally going in the exact opposite direction. 
Um, speaking of going in the opposite direction, we had two teams playing totally opposite uh, come Sunday. The last game divisional round was the Buccaneers and uh, the New Orleans Saints. And as bitter of a sweet game as it was and as how hyped game with two surefire sure first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Drew Brees, I think we might have seen the end of one of them. Uh, to ever play the game of football game. And that is a big shout out to Drew Brees. Great career, top 10 quarterback of all time, in my opinion. Um, and um, yeah, and we had, a, we had a really, really tough game. And I think we all sort of predicted that the Buccaneers would win because of just how, um, I guess, poorly Brees was playing down the stretch. And um, I, w- I want to hear Brahim's thoughts on what he thought about the game and the outcome and, uh, uh, you know, at least a quick prediction moving forward for next week. Um, so actually, before I do that, I do want to give a shout out to Drew Brees. Um, you know, I, I remember when he we tore up his knee and the Chargers went with Phillip Rivers um, and no one wanted to give this guy a chance. I remember he went to Miami. Miami decided that he was too much of a, oh, it was a shoulder. Sorry, I'm getting getting people confused. Uh, Miami thought he was too much of a risk and they, would, they went with um, Dante Culpepper. He was the one that had the knee injury. Um, and they basically thought they went with the better guy. And Drew B- Brees, he goes to New Orleans, and he just he puts in work. He brings them a Super Bowl after Hurricane Katrina. Um, and he was, he, he was solid for them. You know, he, he basically, you know, he, he, he changed the direction and the trajectory of that entire, entire franchise. Um, so I, I do want to give him a shout out. He was a lot of fun to watch, but like you said, I, I think his career is done after this, right? With the injury that he suffered this year and everything that he went through, it's just, it's just not Drew Brees anymore. And it's a lot of that concept of, you know, just falling off a cliff, right? A couple of games ago, I started thinking, yo, he might be able to pull something together, but against, against Tampa, against the Bucks, it, it all came apart, man. Those three picks, Horrible QBR. Um, it was it was a rough game. But on the other side of the ball, we got to give Tom Brady all the credit. Tom Brady is 43 years old, and he did exactly what they needed to do to win. He knew that he, he didn't need to you know throw for 400 yards, 500 yards, and get a bunch of touchdowns. He knew that he just did not have to turn the ball over. And the big difference between this game and the previous game that they played they couldn't get to Tom Brady. There was one early sack, but other than that, he was clean. There was no picks. They ran the ball effectively. Um, they had two running backs that, you know, both got him like 62, 63 yards. And Tom Brady just took what the defense gave him. And to me, that's been the hallmark of Tom Brady's career, right? And it's something I feel like he learned from, from Bill Belichick, right? It's, you know, you just don't turn the ball over. I know, I know he had one fumble, uh, but I, I, they recovered it. Um, you know, don't turn the ball over. Our defense is good enough to win this game. They kept a great Saints team to 20 points. And, you know, Tom Brady put enough points on the board for them to walk away with a W. Um, and I, I feel like that's been a hallmark of his career. He's, he's stayed away from the mistakes. He's, he's been effective. He's come up big where he needs to be, come up big. And, you know, I got to give him props, right? The, the conversation at the beginning of this year was Brady or Belichick. Um, and the, the Pats didn't deliver Tom Brady is, is out here in, in January, still balling. And 
you know, we might blink and he might be at his next Super Bowl. You know, interesting point that you brought up um, with uh, kind of a key to a key to the game was the turnovers and and lack thereof pressure actually on both sides. Breeze had one touchdown and three interceptions. And actually, funny thing is, for as well known of a front four Tampa Bay does have, he was not sacked Drew Brees and he was only rushed three times. So it kind of just proves you the ineffectiveness of Drew Brees he had for whatever reason. And I think that just proves even the, even more the effectiveness, take what you get from the defense and pick them apart. Granted, you know, he has weapons up the wazoo. Tom Brady does now. And, and, and obviously for, uh, you know, the last few years in New England, he never did, but he still had pretty good success with them with what he had. But now that with, with the caliber of talent that he has all around him, he is proving their worth. And also he is showing that he is an ageless wonder and he is the, the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time. And he's just showing it, you know, a team that was seven and nine kind of on the men last year. And he just taken them to the NFC championship game. And they're going to go head. He's going to go toe to toe with the bad man himself, Aaron Rodgers, And um, it's going to be an exciting, exciting matchup. What are your thoughts on that, Daniel? Wait, can I can I add one more thing about what you said in terms of not getting defensive pressure on Drew Brees? We actually, you know, I remember watching the game. They basically put two safeties deep, and they tried to take away uh, what Drew Brees does best, which is in the middle. And so they really forced him to throw the ball outside of the numbers. Um, and, and if you look at a lot of his, you know, turnovers, it was because he was forcing the ball to the mm-hmm. edge, and he just doesn't have he doesn't have the zip on the ball anymore. And so when he throws it out to the edge, it, it, it just hangs in the air and it becomes easy picking. Um, I, yeah. I think one of the biggest plays when New Orleans was up 20 to 13, they had the ball in um, Tampa Bay ter- territory and he threw a pass to Jared Cook and he had the first down and then Cook fumbled. And then from there, kind of the game turned around because it was looking like New Orleans was going to score and this yeah. might have been at a minimum 20, 23, 13, but then, uh, or at least even a, t- or even a touchdown 27, 13, but ended up being a 14 point turnaround and ended up being tied. And then obviously from there it kind of went downhill and, you know, they were struggling, the Saints and uh, the Buc- Buccaneers did good. And I just think, you know, as it being, you know, as as much as Breeze has meant to New Orleans, you know, um, kind of bring the city down from the ashes, you know, and I'm not, I'm, I'm talking from a literal standpoint, a team literally drowning and a city and organization in the dirt drowning and he brought them back up. So, and that can't be, you know, you, you really can't talk about that lightly and then just how how much of an impact he's had but um you know unfortunately his time has come and i think as much as we'd like for him to play i do think that this was his final game um uh what do you ha- what did you have to think about uh Drew final game daniel yeah i i agree with you guys i think um he's played his last game um and as ibrahim mentioned right i i think the one thing is he doesn't have it anymore i mean he's accurate but one thing you got to be able to do is throw the ball deep down. Uh, and that's something he struggles with. Uh, that's something he's not been able to do this year, in my opinion. Um, and major reason why they weren't able to score more than 20 points against a Bucks defense that is not known for, um, you know, pass coverage. Um, the other thing is, as mentioned, you know, three interceptions and a QB rating of 38.1 is not good. Um, and then, by the way, where was Michael Thomas? You know, you're supposed to be the best receiver or one of the top two, three receivers in the game, and you had no catches uh, in an NFC divisional 
uh, playoff game. Um, so something. To By the think way, about. he had a he, he had a torn shoulder. I don't care. Had, you play ligaments you catch torn. I don't saying. care. You gotta saying. catch the ball, or you don't play. Then if you if you can dress well, up, then you you give it all. Well, right? it's not about it's not about playing. I mean, that kind of just comes back to the point where Breeze wasn't able to get him the ball. That's the thing. Then are you then are you cheating your your team by playing and uh, stopping another player that could benefit the team better? Right? You're taking reps from I, a player. No, I, I'm literally making your point. I'm just saying that. No, let me Breeze make my own couldn't point. get him the <laughs> ball. <laughs> <laughs> My point, uh, my, po- my point is, and again, this might be a controversial take, the New Orleans Saints would have won this game with Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Whoa. Well, not Jameis Winston. I don't know about Jameis Winston, but the one guy that was missing, I thought that's critical to their success is Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, correct. Um, I think he's a good quarterback, at least a couple of games he played. Uh, I think he can run the ball, uh, especially in this age of you know mobile quarterbacks that you need. I, I think that who that's who they're gonna go with, uh, James Winston. I, I mean, yeah, that was a great flea flicker that they copied from the Bears. Uh, you know, the week before, same exact play, uh, but for some reason, you know, when it's the other, when it's the Saints, the receiver is wide open and he catches the ball. When it's the Bears, there's always you know defender close by and the receivers are gonna drop it. That's just, I think that's just how it goes for the Bears fans. But nonetheless, um, I feel like Taysom Hill uh, would have been a factor. Um, I think he's, you know, he's awesome. And Brady, just, I'm not going to take too long, but just really quick. He's beaten 18 different teams in the playoffs. That's crazy. He just came to the NFC just now. He's beaten 18 NFL teams. Can't, um, I can't even and, count that high. I know. <laughs> and he has 32 playoff wins. As a quarterback, the second closest has 16. That's half. Um, and out of the 21 seasons he's played, 14 of them, he's reached the conference championships. Just think about that. It's crazy. Uh, Brady's amazing. We're going to be um, amazing watching the next game. Go ahead, Yusuf. Yeah, dude. I think uh, you guys all brought up really good points. I think for me, like I said last week, this was the game that I was going to keep my eyes on just because there were two legends going at it. Um, guys who we're at the quarterback position since we were all in elementary school. Like that's wild for me to think about. And so it was more of a moment of reflection for me, especially knowing that Drew Brees is probably retiring after this year. And, you know, whenever things like this happen, you kind of look back at stats and everything and what he's been able to do. And, you know, like you guys alluded to, you know, hurricane Katrina and how he like put that entire city on his shoulders and helped, you know, bring some type of hope to that city. Um, can't be undercut. Um, but the other thing that I found surprising was, dude, 15 years in the league, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. He leads the league in most yards ever by a quarterback, and he's only number two in touchdowns, uh, second to Brady. This guy never won a league MVP. Like, for me, that was shocking. And, you know, you look at his stats – you know, he's had multiple seasons where he's thrown over 5,000 yards passing. He's had seasons where he's had 46 touchdown passes. And for him to never win a league MVP, I think we'll look back and, you know, wonder why. And, you know, I kind of want to look back and see who was the MVP in those years that he, like, really just balled out. You look at his season, I mean, his Probably career. Peyton Manning when this team was winning and going into this the playoffs. Guy, dude, this guy. So. Well, you know, that's another thing. In his 15 years of playing in the, in the NFL uh, league, um, 
Drew Brees has only had six seasons where he's been under 500. So, you know, he's been largely winning. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out was his career quarterback rating is like 98.7, which is a little bit above um, Peyton Manning's 96.5. Just, just things, you know, there's obviously different scenarios. But the thing that will always stand out to me is the two instances where Drew Brees was literally robbed from being in the Super Bowl, man. Like that no call on that pass interference against the Rams really hurt him. And then the Stefan Diggs, remember we bathed, we were in Youngstown. I was Ohio, asleep. We were <laughs> and there were 14 seconds left in the game. And Drew Brees had just like marched that, down but, and gotten but, a but, touchdown. But, and I was like, this game is over. And Case freaking Keenum, bro. We're, I, that's keep in suck. mind. Keep in mind that was a uh, that was in the divisional round. And yeah, so yeah, I know, I know, it was Philadelphia. So yeah, but you know, I mean, who knows what would happen, right? I'm just saying, like, it's just these moments that you look back and you know, you go back to the shit of what it could have. But heck of a career. Um, the game I thought was a little bit closer than um, it seems. I think the interceptions at the end hurt. Um, so. You know, it'll be interesting to see Tom Brady go at it against Aaron Rodgers. We have two of the best of all time going at it. Um, what are your guys' predictions for the for the for the next week? Let's start with the NFC game. Um, we have the Battle of the Bays, Battle of the Twelves, whatever, however you want to write it up. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Packers, Buccaneers. Who do you got, and why? I can go first, really quick. Uh, Buccaneers, Packers, two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, I am gonna go with the Bucks. I feel like it's going to be a shootout, uh, 35-32, um, and the Bucks and Tom Brady are going back to the Super Bowl. Wow. I, I got to I gotta respect the, the bold prediction. Um, I got to go with Green Bay. Um, you know, I hate to say that. I hate to say Green Bay is going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I just – I don't know what the Bucks are going to do with Aaron Rodgers. I, I really don't. He's got – He's just playing at such a level right now, and the Bucks aren't known for their defense, so I just don't think they can stop them. And I think if you put that kind of pressure on Tom Brady to go touchdown for touchdown with Aaron Rodgers, at his age, I don't know. I, I know he can still ball, but I don't know if he can ball with Aaron Rodgers right now. So I'm going Green Bay. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with Ibrahim real quick. Um I think Aaron Rodgers, again, has looked the most comfortable he's ever looked in his career. I think Tom Brady's a little bit, you know, I, I don't see Tom Brady being able to go punch for punch um, with Aaron Rodgers. Give me Green Bay 31 to 18 over the Bucks, And I hate to say it as a Bears fan, but dude's balling. Um, I, I, concur with, I concur with Ibrahim and um, Yusuf. I do think Green Bay will win. Aaron Rodgers has never played an NFC Championship game at home. This is his first time, and I don't think he's one to squander opportunities. He's going to come out, and it's going to be a very tightly contested game. Um, and I do think and, – and one interesting stat is uh, Rodgers has lost playoff games eight times. All eight times, the other team has scored more than 37 points. So it's going to be largely on the defense. And let's see if they can step up and help him out. And um, – and help him out. Can Patrick Mahomes help out the Chiefs and be there for for them if he can, you know, pass his concussion protocols? What do you think, Danielle, in terms of uh, AFC predictions? Yeah, um, I think it's gonna be you know a good game. Bills and Chiefs, one and two seeds. Um, I see the Chiefs coming out um, because I think the Mahomes is gonna play. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to keep it simple. 28-24, Chiefs going to play against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Daniel, um, I mean, sorry, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he just went. <laughs> so, Yusuf, go ahead. Okay. Oh, go, go ahead, Yusuf. <laughs> all right, yeah. I'm just going to say, you know, if Patrick Mahomes plays and, you know, I hope he's healthy if he plays. Um, I think the Chiefs will come out on top. I think they'll win 24 to 17. Uh, if Patrick Mahomes is not there, I got the Bills over the Chiefs um, 24 to 10. You know, for me, it's it's tough to make this call just with out knowing where Patrick Mahomes is going to be. Um, for some reason, my gut is going Kansas City either way, with Mahomes or without, because there's also the Bills have to prepare for two quarterbacks now. I, I don't think we're talking about that. They have to essentially prepare two defensive schemes for two quarterbacks. The only recent film they have on Chad Henney is from week 17 where he played a, a full game. But other than that, there, there has, there's no tape on the guy for the past couple of years. And, you know, I feel like Andy Reid's going to put him in a position to be successful and he's going to have all the weapons around him. He's going to have Hill. He's going to have Kelsey. I, I feel like y you can't, you can't take away the heart of the champion and the chiefs just pull, they make the game look so easy uh, both on both sides of the ball. And, and so it's a gut feeling. I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo wins if Mahomes isn't playing. But right now, I'm picking the Chiefs either way, and I want to see what happens. I don't care if it's the Chiefs, Indians, Redskins. I'm going Buffalo Bills. Upset special. Josh Allen, Bills Mafia. I'll see you in the Super Bowl. And thanks again for watching the Benchmob Scrubs podcast. We'll see you guys soon. And thanks for always supporting and listening to us. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. What else, guys? What are, YouTube. What, are, what else are we on? YouTube. Um, I think we got our parlor account deleted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, not, but just checked. <laughs> is it? All right, great. All right. Well, we'll catch we'll you guys again on. next time. Thanks again, always, for tuning in, and peace out. Much love. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Well done. <laughs> but I am calling a Buffalo Bills upset, by the way. Oh,